hello, this is Irene with Soga Talks. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to us, and you are listening to us, I know it. You're listening to us, so please don't waste any more time. Just follow us. We're on LinkedIn. We are on X, Twitter. We are on YouTube and major podcasting platforms. We're talking about automation, AI, technology breakthroughs, digital transformation, everything and anything technology related with amazing, fascinating people in tech. Today, my guest is Steve Wandler. Steve, how are you? I am doing so well, Irene. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is my pleasure, Steve, because you know what? I get a lot of guests. I talk again about automation and and AI and enterprise setting. Okay. With you, we decided we talk about transforming education through technology. That's kind of an amazing field you're in. All right. I cannot say I'm an expert. That's why I love speaking to people who are smarter than myself. So, Steve, what do you see is happening out there in terms of ed tech, educational technology? Because we all either parents or teachers or students or stakeholders were people. So we want to know what's happening with educational technology right now. Right. Well, two, two comments there is one is my teachers in, in elementary, middle and high school would say I wasn't the smartest one and uh, I dropped out of high school in, in 11th grade. So it's interesting that I am in the education space and and my passion around that. Uh, but in in you know from an education uh, perspective, there's so much happening in education and transformation education in technology. It's can education keep up to that? And I think that's one of the bigger challenges that we're having to face is how do we create technology that helps educators do their jobs and kids learn, uh, but at a pace that they can absorb and keep up. I mean, in the tech world, we're changing minute by minute, day by day, and some things can't change that quickly. And, you know, and, and, and look, that's a realization I really just came to and understand after my past, my last ed tech company of doing it and what we were trying to do and the problem we were trying to solve from a technological aspect, it was transformational. We could have changed the way what we believed, changed the way what education we could do for education, but education's not, wasn't ready for it. We were, we were too far ahead of our time. And, um, The other thing about education technology is I am not interested in removing teachers and replacing teachers with technology. I want teachers to be teaching my kids, people, not machines, not computers. And so this is about really helping teachers be teachers and do teaching things and allowing technology to make their lives easier and lower their stress levels so that they can do what they need to do. And that is teach my children. Well, my children are grown now. So, but to teach their kids, um, you know, how to be good humans and smart humans and to do these things, but we need people to do that. Technology is just a tool. 
Perfect, perfect. So, so how that fascinating technology will help our teachers to teach? Because if we're going like, I don't know, 10 years back, uh, providing iPads or any kind of tablets at school, that was already a transformation, okay? But to me, it's so limited. It's like pushing the new tool, the technology in terms of the gadget, all right? But there is more to it, don't you think? There is so much more to it. It's so complex. And, and, and there's so many moving pieces. Because uh, like you said at the beginning, there's one thing that we all have done and has been in education. So we think we know education. And then you also look at educators and you think the only thing they've ever done is education. And so therein lies the big problem of like how I, I don't even know how you solve that. I don't like, I have ideas, uh, but I, I, it's so much more complex than that. And so uh, treading the water and understanding that it, again, it's not just about building the next greatest gadget or app that, you know, math app or whatever. And there's nothing against any of those things. We need that. But it, again, it's, it's why are we doing it? What are we trying to do? What are we ultimately trying to achieve? We're trying to teach kids, or at least in K-12 anyways. Uh, I'm not in the post-secondary business, and I've never been. I barely made it out of uh, K-12. Well, I went K-11. Um, so clearly the education system, even back then, before we had computers, was at least I think it failed me. It failed me. And, and yet you know, here I am and why I'm here is because how many years later, 34 years after I have children, well, not that long after I had children left uh, school, but as my kids were going through school, I was watching, it's like the same thing is happening to my kids as happened to me, or at least one of my kids. And I had one child, uh, she's 24 now, um, she did school really well, um, but my my son was he's me times ten, and he didn't do school very well. And you know, technology wasn't the wasn't the problem. It was people we didn't have enough resources, people resources to spend with him to learn how to learn. And and I think that really is the piece that I you know is like how do I free up people's time to teach my kid. That's what I believe technology needs to do. And that's what this new startup that we're doing, we're trying to do is free up people's time and stop wasting time that technology can solve that problem and teach my kids or our kids. Because we're, we, we hear on the news about what we're doing constantly every day and it's like, why are we teaching the, where we got superintendents and people and high level people dealing with this problem, which they need to, but we need to refocus their time back in the classroom. Can I ask you why you do what you do? You kind of started answering, but I know you're dealing a lot with parents, with, yeah. teachers, with students, with libraries and books. Tell us about it. Yeah. So we, we, we started this company 
Oh, what month is it? <laughs> is it? I think it's August now. We're almost yeah, in September. It's pretty that safe to assume, yeah. <laughs> that 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 tells you how quickly things have changed and evolved. Uh, we started this company in January, and uh, you know the problem that we're trying to solve is uh, well the 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 original reason why we're here is there is a problem with challenged books in our libraries in public schools. Mm-hmm specifically here in Texas. We, uh, we're hearing it on the news every single day. Uh, parents are showing up at board meetings, angry about the books they're finding in their libraries. And, and educators and superintendents and librarians are trying to defend what happened or why those books were there. I, don't, I, I fundamentally do not believe that people are putting books in our libraries that will harm kids. I, I just don't believe that people are trying to, trying to harm kids. They're making choices that other people don't agree with. I agree with that. And then how do you, how do you manage that? And how do you understand that when you have literally a school district here in Texas close their libraries for a week. Uh, you know, they had a hundred libraries. And, and so we want to stop that from happening. So what we do is we look and we help libraries manage that process or manage that to help re- reduce the risk. Not, we're not going to entirely remove the risk. But we're like an insurance, you know, an insurance policy almost and or like an antivirus for libraries. We try to detect the the uh, the inventory of books that are coming in and match that up against their, you know, what they want in their in their libraries and ensure that those are the books that they receive in their libraries rather than the books that community members or parents might be upset about. And uh um, you know, that's the first part of what we're trying to do is just lower the temperature and give school districts a tool that can help them f- find these books that, uh, that are causing so much tension in their communities. And, and rather than a librarian going through printing out a list of books with a highlighter and a pen, because that's essentially what we're seeing. Um, you know, maybe they're doing in an Excel spreadsheet uh, at best, um, but there's not a lot of purpose-built tools to help them understand, bring these this content in and and understand what is going on in the rest of the United States because it's not just about books that are happening in your state. There's challenge books that are happening in every state across this country. And so... How do you keep up to date with that? How? You, a, pers- a single librarian cannot do that. And there's new books coming into their libraries all the time. So how do they manage that? I don't want them to manage that. Technology can do that. I want librarians to read to my kids. Exactly. That was my next point. If you can free librarians from this administrative, tedious, manual work of cross-checking the lists, if at the list, right, and making sure you're up to the latest regulations and the latest uh, other sources of data, all right, that will be more time, more value that 
child can ask a librarian a question and they have a minute to spend with a child. And maybe that will be pivotal in that child's life. You know, I'm just expanding the possibility here. Don't yeah. you Absolutely. And, and look, I, I don't think that we're trying to even tell librarians or school districts what books they should have in their libraries. I, I, I just want them to, to know and understand that all the books that they have in their libraries, there are issues in other areas and jurisdictions and districts that could become your issue or not. Most school districts don't have this problem, but are you going to wait till it's a problem? You know, do, you, do you know all the books that come in and all the books that go out? It, impossible. Impossible. So technology can do that. And unfortunately, the existing technology in libraries hasn't evolved or innovated. And we believe we're, we're the Uber for libraries. Look, Taxi cabs were around, they worked, they did what they're supposed to do. Everybody was okay with it, but somebody came along and said, there's got to be a better way. And so we, you know, everybody compares themselves to Uber. Or, you know, again, I use, I use Elon Musk as an example. It's like, why the heck did he build a car? Ford and Chev and Mercedes and Audi, they all had great cars. I loved my BMW. <laughs> But they have great cars. People must have thought he's he's it's ridiculous. Why is he doing that? And now he just so happens to be the most the richest guy on the planet because he innovated on an industry that needed it. And I think, you know, librarians are a lot smaller than the car industry, but it's a lot more important. We're talking about words. We're talking about. We're talking about people's rights. Somebody wrote those words. Some, what's the difference if they say it? In America, we have a First Amendment right to say what we want, you know, as long as it's not hateful and all the things that we're not allowed to do. And these books are people's words. They just wrote them on a, in a book and it got typed out and it happened to get typed out a bunch of times. So... This is more important than cars. What's going to happen when we start removing books out of the library? You, we don't, not everybody has to read those books. We'll make sure that the right books go home with the kids that are supposed to go home with. We can do that with technology. And people don't have to worry about that anymore. Now, if we can make sure the right books go home with your kid, because there's Go to a public library. You think public schools are, you know, like your kid can walk into a public library just the same. So it's about protecting that. It's so much bigger than just books. But we're arguing over this where we can say, look, if you don't want that book in your library, that's fine. I'm okay. I don't, whatever choice you make, but don't ban the book. The book being banned puts a black mark on things that we don't want. I, I, don't, I, I don't believe that we want as a society. Helping librarians, right? Helping parents, helping kids to make the right choice with the least amount of time spent in administrative tasks. That's what you do, the company called yeah, it's bookmarked, yeah, with the last two letters being capital ED. 
And really, uh, it's not even about education. Like when we started this company, it was about public school education and public and and uh, you know uh, school districts. And it still is, and it's still our main focus. And we're going to tackle that first, and we're going to go after that. But it's really about books and how do you make sure that people are uh, uh, you know understand that what is in the book is factual like this is the factual information about the book it's not what you saw on tiktok the fascinating thing if technology can help offload okay the tedious work of going through lists of going through manual tasks that librarians so buried with instead of right and they don't have they don't have lots of hours in a day doing exactly this job and if you can offload if your platform can offload i see the value right there so to me, yeah, how is it going in terms of adoption, Steve? Because yeah. any technology platform, right? The huge challenge for entrepreneurs is really, right, convincing the stakeholders. And in your case, it's kind of an interesting group of stakeholders you have to Especially, yes, You know, when you talk about adoption and technology, especially in education, yeah. you know, because, uh, you know, my last startup was that. And, uh, and, oh, we spent a lot of money trying to, make that happen and and uh i've learned a lot from that so trying to transfer that into this look you know we we're, we just again we 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 didn't have anything in january literally and uh, the idea we confirmed that idea um through uh some market research and conversations that we've you know several conversations that we had and we had a lot of people uh you know superintendents that said wow like yes sign me up where do i sign so that's when we started on this journey uh now eight months later uh we are just releasing our mvp it's very mvp it'll do some of the basic things that we're seeing in uh that are happening in school districts and that is matching up their current inventory with the current list of books that they're saying they don't they that others are saying shouldn't be there and identifying that and make and creating a a dashboard so that they can determine what they want to do with those books and then they can they can check yes or no and then we we also help make it so that the parents have the right to allow or restrict a book to go home that's the basic mvp that we've created um, and that is uh, being launched uh, or released to our test school districts uh, here in Texas is where we're, we started decided to launch uh, only because there are more challenge books in the state of Texas than all other states combined. So might as well start at the top and work our way through. Uh, we're going to do testing and uh, understand uh, behavior and and then building in uh, machine learning and AI into product to help again make everybody's lives easier because AI and uh, machine learning can do a lot. Um, but being very careful and sensitive about those things too because those are hot topics and there's a lot of there's a lot of um, divided territory on that. And you know from from that standpoint, I'd say, we won't be using AI or machine learning on kids and and in private information, but there's lots that we can do around that or identifying 
books and comparing books to other books, we, we can do that through machine learning. So that'll be the basics of where we start. And uh, the goal is to launch fully, make it publicly available in January, 2024. Uh, but I could tell you that the market is driving us to go faster. Uh, like we right now um, can't go fast enough. We're raising another round of financing. Uh, we, we raised our first round relatively quick and we're doing another one relatively quick and we could probably raise double and, and still not be fast enough. But, you know, as somebody said, you can't, you can't have, uh, nine, you can't have one baby in a month by getting uh, pregnant nine times, uh, you know, so some things just take time. And we have a great uh, roadmap. I'm confident of our roadmap. And, you know, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to create a product that brings joy to people. Like, this is such a contentious problem. But books, you know, seeing them on a shelf and going to a library brings joy. Our product should be able to do that. Um, because teachers aren't used to getting product like that. And why not? You know, give them something that they're going to enjoy using and provides a tremendous amount of value. Fantastic. And it seems like you have a lot of traction, right? And it's a good place to be, Steve. Good place to be if company is not even a year old yet. So yeah, yeah. Best of luck in all the endeavor. Where do you think the AI-powered education is going to go? Yeah, it's, it's here. here. It's, it it, it yeah. is here. You know what? It's, it's been here for a while. It Come on. It has. Everybody has a phone. It's been here for a while. You know when you get the messages on Instagram or, or the, the ad on Instagram. It's like, I was just talking about chocolate bars, and now I'm getting a chocolate bar ad. Um, That's not quite an education. That just no, it's not. But 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 that. still, <laughs> when you're talking, these phones are in. It's affecting education though, because your phones are in your classrooms. It's it's making recommendations and doing things to your life all the time. Maybe not specifically, but it in education. But it is, and there are. I know there are platforms that are using AI and in education. And yeah, so we're just beginning. Where does it take go? To be honest, I I haven't spent a lot of time determining what the future. I'm not a I, I'm not an Elon Musk where I can determine the future of things or want to even. Um, you know, I I I I think that if we use it responsibly, that it can help us. But we do need to use it because it's not going away. Saying that AI shouldn't be used in our schools, it, it to me is. Uh, not okay. Like innovation needs to happen and we can't say it's not happening. And then what are we going to do? Ship our kids out after they leave your buildings and say, yeah, AI didn't exist, but now here it is. Like we need to be thinking about that. And I don't have the answer to Absolutely, say because what that worst, looks like. You know, worse that could happen, children, students, they're all over chat GPT, other platforms, other content creation. It's out there. All right. So teachers will have to keep up and lead the kids, not just really stay behind. So we hope 
you know, teachers this way, right? They have their saying, they have their opinion, they have the right way of using of using the technology yeah. that you already have anyway. So I mean, I could like I have pretty severe ADHD and I have dyslexia, um, which wasn't diagnosed in school. And so I struggled through school and struggled through most of my life with those um, challenges. I don't call them disabilities. I actually think they're superpowers. I think we were just taught to suppress our superpowers. We were given drugs and things to say, don't, don't use that because you're different. And now unleashing AI in my world has changed my life. I read way more content, way more content, because I can. Because I write way more content. Why? Because I can, because my dyslexia stops me from writing improperly. But I can talk it, but I can't write it. And I get things backwards. And, and so... It's tremendously helped me as a human and, and made my life happier and so much more productive. So we can do that in the classroom for kids like I was and my son. We can change that. Fantastic, fantastic. And yet the future, we still want to see the shiny toys out there. You see, I read a lot about immersive learning, okay? Have you heard those trends? I, I mean, yeah, some companies innovating that yeah, classroom out there. Oh, I, I, I think of, uh, you know, the uh, 3D technology that is available to us and, you know, what's available in your home to do virtual reality. And, yet, you know, we use that in our classrooms, yes, but not to the extent that we possibly could. And, I, you know, I, again, I don't spend a lot of time... I, I, I don't spend a lot of time understanding all of all of that because I tend to hyper focus on things. Uh, ADHD, thank you. Uh, so I super focus on the things that I do really well at, and I and the things that are out here. Uh, you know, I'll talk to experts, and I have a great group and network of people that can keep me informed of some of that stuff. So I don't have to become the expert, but I can be the expert in this. Amazing, amazing, Steve. Thank you so very much. Time is flying, okay? When you have an interesting, engaging conversation, yeah, time is flying. So in conclusion of today's talk about technology, education, and all the people's, person's angle to it, okay, including your own experience, all right? In conclusion, maybe if you take aways for the audience in a way that your experiences, why you do what you do, and sort of what, what our audience can learn from, yeah, from you. Um, so I'm a pretty emotional guy. And so one of the things that I did in this last year is I became a digital nomad and I sold all my possessions and I live out of a 90 liter duffel bag and it's been the best thing I've ever done. And, you know, technology isn't the thing that I love to do. It's the people part. And so I, my, my leave behind is invest in people and the rest will come. You'll figure it out. Find great people to work with and find great people to surround yourself with. And then things fall into place and your ideas can become real, like r really real. So that, that's, that, I, that's my leave behind. I, I think that we, we can spend more time dreaming if you focus on the things that really drive you and go and tackle that. We need more people to tackle more problems 
and solve those through technology. And that's my story. Perfect. Thank you, Steve, so very much. Thank you. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Irene.